Good evening. Welcome to Nighttime. I'm glad you could join me tonight. This is Dave Wager, coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. I'm glad you could join me tonight. The goal of these programs is to allow us to think deeply as we go to sleep. That's why there's soft music in the background. Why I pause often while I'm talking. To try and make it uh, an atmosphere where you can think and sleep. We do know the importance of sleep. That's been well documented. And there are so many people that have been restless at night. Seems as if their minds go everywhere but to sleep. It's valuable that we spend time talking about things that are important and think about things that are important. And there's some research that would validate the idea that whatever you think about right before you go to sleep, you think about all through the night. As I talk to you tonight, I know there are some people that are listening that are disappointed with God. And if you've listened to this program before, you know what I'm going to say. If you're disappointed with God, it's because you don't know Him. There's some of you that are angry with God tonight. And once again, I would suggest that you don't know Him. There are some that are listening that are choosing to disobey God or ignore God today. Once again, I'm going to suggest that you don't know Him. Some people tremble at the thought of God because they don't understand His love. And although the fear is the beginning of wisdom and we should all fear the Lord with great reverence, the only time you need to fear Him and shaking your boots in a fearful way as if you're ignoring Him and not allowing Christ to be your Savior. Then your fear is justified. Just like those who might be suffering from depression or anxiety because they're trying to find meaning in this life outside of God. The fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace. It isn't anxiety. It isn't anger. Those who know God rest in God. But we have become such great substitutors in this life. Instead of going to God, we go to alcohol or entertainment or sexual pleasures or whatever we can find that would take our minds off of whatever we should be thinking about. God doesn't comfort us that way. God comforts us with truth. Being comforted with truth is totally different than being comforted with alcohol. Alcohol gets into your mind and alters it and makes you something you're really not when you're thinking clearly. Truth, by nature, makes you think clearly about things. In a way, alcohol and truth don't mix at all. It's like oil and water. Because of what it does to the mind. 
I realize that when I start talking about subjects that are pet subjects of people, we can get into trouble quite easily. My intention is not to get into trouble with anybody, but to give you a platform to think about things. And I think alcohol has enough downside that you should consider not touching it. There are a lot of influences in our lives and there are a lot of things out there that create the normal in our lives. And for some listening, the escapism of whatever, entertainment, alcohol, whatever I mentioned before, is there and waiting for them continually because they grew up escaping from their problems instead of dealing with them. Escaping from a problem is a lot different than dealing with a problem. Because you don't have to think about it right now doesn't mean the problem has gone away. Because you don't want to deal with it doesn't mean the problem is going to go away. Because you go on vacation doesn't mean the problem is going to go away. Because you go out and spend a lot of money on yourself and feel good for a moment does not mean the problem will go away. There are ways to deal with problems, and running from them is not one of them. Acknowledging them is the first step. And that's what we really have trouble doing in our culture, is acknowledging the real problem. We tend to make ourselves victims and blame other people for what we're thinking and what's going on in our lives. And certainly, there's some validity to that. There are times where you haven't had much to say about the situation you're in. That the sinful and thoughtless acts of somebody else who would dare to use you rather than love you could be costly. However, bitterness doesn't solve the problem there either. Anger, alcohol... These compound the problem, they don't solve the problem. The best way to take on problems is, first of all, to know that it is a problem. And then to look for a truth in God's Word that you can use. To evaluate what's really true so that you can be free. I was recently reading an article on faithwire.com where Lindsay Elizabeth, the author, was talking about a pastor, Ben Stewart, and what he said about the media and the influence that the media has on us. He said the average young person today, by the time they turn 21, has spent 10,000 hours playing video games. You know, and you think about the amount of time it kind of is just all fuzzy in my head 10,000 hours is something that is hard to grab and understand if you really look at that 10,000 hours is about half of what it takes to earn a bachelor's degree in college I guess in a funny way those who spend that much time on video games might have a master's in video games 
Well, this pastor begs young men to not spend their time in these fantasy worlds while the real world is falling apart. I think that's great advice. The trouble is that the children today who have spent hours and hours and hours in a fantasy world learn to spend time in a fantasy world from their parents. Once again, the escaping through alcohol or entertainment or sports or whatever it might be is something easy to do. I remember once I was frustrated as I talked to some college students. We were talking about something, I can't remember what it was. And they kept using movies as an illustration of what they were talking about. And eventually I said, do you know that the movies that you speak of are pretend? That somebody wrote them that that's acting, that it's fake? Do you realize you live in a pretend world where the pretend has become more real than the real? It's even hard for you to communicate with somebody else and tell them stories. You have to use the stories that have been created by somebody else to talk about what you mean. When I was young, I was told by my dad to go outside and play, create something, do something, but don't sit in the house. And we did. And oftentimes when I talk to students, they're amazed at the story after story that I tell them about what we did when we were young people. Almost in disbelief, almost as if they're listening to a movie. It wasn't a movie. When we were young, we actually went outside and did things. We didn't really have all the organized sports that they have today. We didn't have all the organized sports at schools. The girls didn't have all the girl sports that are, are available today. So we went out and created our own sports. We created games, played them by the hours. I remember we used to play kick the can in Chicago. We'd start with two or three kids and by the end of the game there'd be a dozen or more because neighborhood kids would see we were playing kick the can and come on out and join us. We used to go play rock baseball in the street where you'd take a little stone and mark on the cement a base and get a big stick and a rock and you just pitch it to the guy and have him hit it. And I don't remember how he did outs. It probably hurt, whatever it was. There are so many memories when I grew up of going out and doing and creating and enjoying life. The thought now of me having spent hours and hours and hours on video games, I don't think I'd be the person I am today if I did that. Well, the average American, according to this author, spends seven and a half hours looking at a screen every day. This is his quote, Ben Stewart's quote. 
Don't spend your life watching other people's lives on a screen and miss out on your own. God has given you this time to leverage it for his purposes. I love that. Don't spend your life watching other people's lives on a screen and miss out on your own. God has given you this time to leverage it for his purposes. I love that thought. It is so easy for us to spend our time watching other people do things. Recently, I've been convicted of how I might use other people, just use them for my benefit. I've never been the handiest man that ever walked the planet. In fact, some of those that are around me that are good carpenters and builders, if they see me with a hammer on the grounds of Silver Birch Ranch, they usually stop and ask what I'm doing, and they would like to usually take over. I'm not sure if it's because I have a reputation for not doing it right, or they're being respectful and that that's not my position, but I actually think that it's because they're afraid I'm not going to do it right. Well, I've had several people show me how to do things through the years. And you know, I found it's always easier to call the expert and let them come and do it. Even if I have watched and I have learned, it's easier to let them do all the work. Then I don't have to do anything. I can stand there. I don't even have to be there. So one day we had a leaky pipe in our house and I... I had been working on a boiler system, and a boiler system is heating the house. You heat the water, and the water goes through the house, and it's radiant heat in the house. And in northern Wisconsin, you certainly need to have a good heating system. And I went, and I found a leak that was happening in the system downstairs. We had changed some things, and I did have a friend who was a plumber come over and help me. And I am thankful for that. But as he was helping me, I thought, yes, I have seen this and I have seen it. I know they call it sweating pipes. You take a copper pipe and you, you solder the two ends so that they don't leak. And there's just a couple rules on that. You got to make sure that the ends that are joining are very, very clean. And you need to make sure the pipe's empty so it gets hot enough to take that solder and you also need to put flux, which I have no idea what it is. It's a paste of some sort that you have to put on the pipe. Uh, the place where you're going to put the solder. Now, I have seen this and seen this, and it, it looked somewhat reasonable to do. Didn't look hard. But for some reason, I kept wanting to call others to do it for me. I could justify it by saying I was afraid that I, I have a leak. Well, I already had a leak, so that wasn't going to matter. In fact, while I was working on one leak, another one sprung up. And now I'm looking at two leaks. I turned that little section off so that wouldn't heat the rest of that house because each of the pipes went to a different section of the house to heat them and so I would just live without heat in that section for a little bit and during the day I saw Dan our maintenance guy and I said Dan can I borrow the 
soldering equipment for sweating pipes. And he looked at me with a little smile. I said, sure. He said, do you want me to come over and do that for you? I said, no, no. It's time to spread my wings and fly here. I need to know how to do this. Now, you know what's fun about this? This isn't a movie I'm talking about. This is real life. This is, this is something that we do to create experiences and create life instead of watching others do it for us. And you might fail. And it's good to have a plan if you fail. But you learn that by doing life. You see in the movies and the pretend world, sometimes failure is minimized and somehow they think there's always a reset button that you can press, but there isn't a reset button in life. There are failures. And certainly if you make a mistake, there's things you can do to fix it and minimize it, but the brain has no reset button. And there's no real button I can just push and put everything back to the way it was or I wouldn't need to be fixing a leak in the first place because it didn't leak at one time. Well, I went and found the parts that I needed and made the cuts, cleaned the pipe, put flux on it, and I soldered the ends. Now, I put more solder in there than the guys that went before me did, but I was so unsure that it went in that I kept putting more in there till it just dripped down the pipe. So my little solder joints are pretty ugly. I don't even know if you call them solder joints, but they're pretty ugly anyway. Then I went and found the other part that was leaking, and that was a special valve that was needed, a special air valve in the system to help purge the air out of the system. And I found a part, and I was able to put it in there and stop that leak. Then I turned the water back on. And to my delight, it did not leak. I've checked it every day I've been home since because I am not overly confident that I know what I'm doing. But each time I check it, I see that I followed the principles that those who knew what they were doing taught me. I did spread my wings and fly. There's something that's right about that. I didn't use other people. Not that they weren't willing, they were willing. Not that I couldn't have said, I, I'm no plumber, I need help. I could have paid a plumber to come in and do that. I just decided that it was time to learn something new. I also learned how to fly fish this year. Once again, went and found people that could teach me, and after they taught me, I went out on the river myself. It was a successful trip. The fun of catching a 17-inch smallmouth bass one day and an 18-inch the next on a little pole that just bent and the fish fought and yeah there was no movie there that was reality 
I needed to go to somebody at 62 years old and say, I don't know how to fish. I needed to go to somebody at 62 years old and say, I need to sweat these pipes myself. Right now I'm in the middle of learning how to hunt. I'm 62 years old. I've never hunted before and I live at the edge of the National Forest here in Wisconsin. Really, some have looked at me and said, why don't you hunt? You live in hunting land. Because I grew up in Chicago, I, I didn't hunt. I didn't own anything camouflage or orange. Well, there were people that found out I wanted to hunt, and a good friend of mine told me, I'm going to give you a, a crossbow. And he did. And I went out, and I, I shot that crossbow at a target I bought, and, and I'm all ready now to go hunting. Oh, and I have been hunting now several days. But all the deer I saw before I had a crossbow in my hand seemed to be somewhere else. So I haven't really been successful yet. And as I tell the hunters that the deer seem to be somewhere else, they laugh. I guess that's not a unique problem. I've watched some of those shows, though, where the big old animal is standing right there and they seem to get a really good hunt every time. As of now, the reality for me is not there. One day, I came close to uh, seeing some. <laughs> I know, if you're a hunter, you're laughing, but I went to where I was sure they were coming that one evening and they were no, none to be seen, and I was just sitting there cold, and eventually it was dark, and you can't hunt after dark, so I was walking home, and, and I was... I took the one arrow out of the crossbow and I was going to put a, another arrow in that you need to use to discharge the bow. And I was walking to the target in my backyard where I would discharge the bow. And lo and behold, three big deer just skedaddled out of there. I was making so much noise walking up to the target that they heard me and left. I thought, how ironic. Here I was sitting somewhere else waiting for them and they're hanging around my target, right around the target. It would be as if I were shooting at my target if I would have been in the right spot and I could have got a deer, maybe. You see, real life has a lot more to it than looking at a screen and accomplishing something that's in a fantasy world. And because there's no inherent evil maybe on that fantasy world of plain Pac-Man or something, it still is pretend. I think that our nation and our people have been so ingrained into the pretend lives and pretend worlds of people that they no longer know what it is to be real and to deal with reality. This Pastor Stewart was outspoken on the dangers of pornography. That makes sense. He highlighted the detrimental effects it can have on all people. He argued that pornography is one of the reasons there has been a decrease in marriage rate. 
because we have young generation awash in pornography. All the studies that we have seen say it makes them presume sexual exclusivity is unrealistic. Hold cynical attitudes about love, affection, and marriage, he said. It's also encouraging the self-reported awkwardness you see among young people as they even deal with the opposite sex. And to quote him, he said, we have a young people who are in crisis. I have taught for years that if you want to change the action of people, a nation, an individual, you need to change the hours of influence first. Because the hours of influence, the hours we spend allowing something to go into our mind, will create a normal in our mind. That normal, as it sits there for a while, creates our worldview or how we see the world. If you have a young girl that grows up in a home where there's a lot of pornography and uh, abuse of women and use of women and she grows up believing that that's the normal within a home. And as she gets older, she has a worldview that believes that women are to be used and abused. That's what happens. That becomes then their belief system. And the belief system somebody holds eventually becomes what drives their actions. So often we want to correct the actions of somebody who does something wrong, but we never address the hours of influence like we should. Because if you change the hours of influence, you will change the normal. And if you change the normal, you'll change the worldview. And if you change the worldview, the belief system will change and therefore, what drives the action will change, and the actions will take care of themselves. In Joshua 1, the 8th verse, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In verse 9, have I commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In order for us to have the effect of knowing that the Lord our God is with us wherever we go, we need to spend time thinking about what God has said. We need to meditate on His Word. Satan knows this principle about not having the Word of God depart from our mouth. Depart from our mouth would be like if you spit. It doesn't become a part of you. It's not influential in your life anymore. You've allowed it to be just there, but not really important. Instead, it's something that should influence you moment by moment. And Satan knows that. So he tries to influence you moment by moment. There's a a great verse, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, 
if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. What the Apostle Paul was saying to the people in Philippi, Philippi was that, look, real life I've demonstrated to you. I've lived real life. This is no movie. I've lived this. I've shown you what it is to live correctly. What I'm asking you to do, brothers and sisters, is to not allow Satan to get into that mind of yours. You need to think about what's true, so you need to know the Bible. You need to really read the Bible. You need to know what it says. It's the only source of truth that we have in this world. You need to think about whatever's true. You need to think about whatever's honorable, not using other people. So often, as I've said, we, we use what we should love and we love what we should use. We need to be people who think about what's honorable, what's right, what's just, what's pure. Well, I hope as you go to sleep tonight, you can think about these things. It's been a pleasure being with you again. This is Dave Wager with Relate365.com on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. You can find more information on all of these at Relate365.com. Good night.